So how many of you know 99.9 KZ, they play Christmas music 24-7 from the day after Thanksgiving until I think the last day of the year, right? So my daughter Grace is a freak for Christmas. I mean, she like loves Christmas. So she doesn't hardly ever ride in my car, right? But the first thing she does when she gets into my, uh, after Thanksgiving, she gets in my car and she changes my station to 99.9. So uh, my car can be filled with that joyous, merry Christmas music, right? Because I listen to Air One, I listen to Caleb, I listen to KFLR. I'm like, you know, I'm, I, it's always Christian music in my car. It's been that way for a very long time. My kids, when they were in high school, were like, can we listen to something else? I go, well, when you get your own car, you can. But in this car, this is what we're listening to. <laughs> so that's what we listen to, right? So the day after Thanksgiving, she did it. And I listened to it while I rode around with her for a while. And I get into my car, the next time I get in my car, and um, the, the station is on. And I'm like, oh, it's Christmas music, that's great. I'll listen to it for a little while, because you know, a lot of times it references and talks about Jesus, right, and the good news. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll stomach it for a minute. And the song, God Rest You Merry Gentlemen, came on. You guys know the song, God Rest You Merry Gentlemen, right? I'm not gonna sing Nate's the singer. I'm not. So anyway, so that song came on and it got to the line where it says, um, tidings of comfort and joy. And this question leapt in me. What is a tiding? Like we say it, we sing it, right? It, around Christmas time. But what is a tiding? And I was like, wow, that's a rabbit hole. Maybe I think I'm willing to go down. So of course, what do you, what do, you do when you want to go down a rabbit hole? You pick up the Google rabbit, right? And you put in the search line, right, to start your, your journey down the hole. So that's kind of what I did. So um, that's where we're gonna pick up on the, the, the first rabbit hole, okay? So I jumped right in and it was awesome. Um, so the first rabbit hole was a bit of history of the song because I figured, hey, if I wanna know, that's where that question came from, I'm gonna get a little history about the context. So um, God rest you, Mary gentlemen, actually, do you know it is one of the oldest existing Christmas carols that are still sung today? I thought that was kind of interesting. It's from the 1500s. It dates back all that way. But in the beginning, it wasn't called God Rest You Merry Gentlemen. It was called Comforts. Isn't that interesting? It was Comfort Tidings of, what was it called? Tidings of Comfort and Joy. That's what it was. And it was comforting to them. Because in that day, the music in the, in the churches was really kind of somber and dark and dreary, right? It wasn't a really happy thing. So rumor has it that the people, the faithful ones, decided they wanted to have some joy about their music. So they would start singing uplifting tunes out in the streets. And this happened to be one of those songs that they started singing, was this one, God Rest You Merry Gentlemen. And they say that the night watchmen used to walk the streets, guarding the streets, singing God Rest You Merry Gentlemen with one another so that they could be happy and didn't have to sing that boring, sad, dark music that was played in the church. And now, we have amazing praise and worship. I can't imagine coming to church where we are supposed to rejoice about the good news and having somber, dark, sad music. How sad would that be? Would we ever be good, feel good about anything? Would we ever be glad about anything? Probably not, right? So I'm grateful that um, we have amazing music. So it was first printed in, in 1760. That's when it first went into print, 1760. And that's when it was printed as Tidings of Comfort and Joy, okay? So in the 17th century, um, the word rest, so God rest ye merry gentlemen, right? So rest to us means like take a nap, right? Jesus took naps, it's cool, right? We can take naps. But rest back in 1760 meant something completely different. It didn't mean rest as in I'm gonna go take a slumber. Rest meant to keep or continue. Isn't that interesting? That today rest means to stop, right? Stop what you're doing, take a pause, relax, kick back, right? 
the total opposite of, of to keep and to continue. So I was like, wow, what went, meant one thing one day means something different today. Are there lots of time, places in our lives where that, we find that true sometimes as we get older, right? That some things, like I remember when I was a kid, I, we said, oh, that's so bad, right? And we didn't mean that it was awful. We meant that it was so cool, right? So it's kind of, kind of one of those things, right? So um, if we look at the first line, that's what it's saying. So it, what it's going to say is it's going to say, may God keep you in contented spirits, folks. That's how we would say it if we were going to like, if I was going to greet Pastor Lonnie, that's what I would say. Okay, God rest you, my gentleman. But today, rest means something completely different in our language. Rest means to cease work. Literally, that's what in Webster, to cease to work or to move in order to relax. So can you imagine like if we just cease to work for the Lord? Mm. Right, but this song is all about the Messiah. So I thought that was, that really stuck out to me. Like, wow, what it meant something one day means something completely different today. Maybe we need to go back to what rest meant back in 1760, right? So next we come to the phrase that started it all for me, that rabbit hole, tidings of comfort and joy. So first we're gonna look at what does tidings mean, right? So this is straight out of Webster. Tidings is defined as an account of what has taken place and was not before known. It is new news. Let's just put it that way, new news, okay? Tiding in the Greek is phasis, which is information and a report. Um, it also can mean to announce good news, okay? And then we go to comfort. So it's to ease or alleviate a person's feeling of distress. Well, isn't that exactly what Jesus was coming to do, right? The Bible, if you look it up and you ask for a Bible definition, it says to give aid in a time of need. Absolutely. Second Corinthians 1, 3 through 4 says, God is our merciful father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort others. Now, I want you to think about that. It says, first he comforts you, and then you comfort others. And we'll circle back to that in a minute. Okay? So then joy. Joy. Feeling of great happiness caused by something exceptionally good. Wow. If the Messiah wasn't exceptionally good, I don't know what is. So the Bible definition of it is the choice to trust that God will fulfill his promises like sending our savior, right? The best promise ever. So tidings of comfort and joy, I'm gonna break it down with our definitions, an account of what has taken place and was not known before to give aid in our time of need by choosing to trust that God will fulfill his promise. And his promise is to reconcile the world to himself through Jesus, right? Isaiah 9, 6, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. What more do we need, right? In our, in our, in our moment of need, what more would we need? So that's good news, right? Can we all agree that's good news? I would be you know, inclined to say it's actually great news, more than just good news. I always wondered, why didn't they say great news? Why did they stop with just good, right? Because great is better than good. But, you know, that's what it says in the word, so I'm going to stick with the word, right? So when we talk about tidings, we usually see glad, good or glad that comes before it. And I paused and thought to myself, is there a difference between good and glad? And my little rabbit hole took me to saying, yes, there is a difference. And I'm going to share that with you. So good tidings. So we're going to, I'm all about the definition here, so I'm breaking this down. So good, to be desired, to be of benefit to someone, plus... Um, 
to be a benefit to someone, okay? Like that's, that's, and if we add that to tithing, that means that the news is going to be beneficial to someone and it's going to give, provide something to them and they're going to want it. Wanting is important here. So good tithing is a desired event that was not before known that benefits not just someone, but all people, right? So news of God's reconciliation of the world to himself through the birth of Jesus, that is that nugget right there, okay? The good news is the gospel. We will say the good news. We say the gospel. We say, let's preach the gospel. Go tell the good news. Um, we did a series back in the children's ministry a long time ago, which was tell the good news, and it was great, and the kids really got a hold of that. So, I mean, that's a phrase that people hear, kids' church, adult church, wherever, right, on the radio, just in print everywhere. So Matthew eleven five says, the blind receive their sight and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Matthew eleven five. 5. So notice that it doesn't say good tidings, but what does it say there? It says the gospel. It references the gospel. And the good tidings are the gospel or the good news. So in back previously, it used to, in the old, in the old translations, it was, I did actually say good tidings. So it's been translated to the gospel or translated to the good news it's not in in king james is one of the only ones i have found that where there's good tidings mentioned often in most of them it references either one of those the gospel or the good news luke 4 18 the spirit of the lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives and recover the sight of the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed. So you are, what does it say there? He has sent me. So we're making a progression, right? First, you're getting told, right? You're learning. Now it says that you're being sent. So there's a transition that happens there, okay? So good tidings, the event when someone hears about Jesus for the first time, that's what good tidings is, right? They hear for the first time that his birth and death allows them to be reconciled to God, no longer separated, so that they may be forgiven, that they can have eternal life, right? Because why? Of his sacrifice. Because of everything that he gave us. And he didn't ask for anything in return, right? Just our yes, really, at some point, right? Once, once that tithing comes to us, once that bit of information that was unknown to us before comes to us, he wants us to say yes to him. And there's a lot of reasons, because who doesn't need a good counselor? Who doesn't need peace, right? Who doesn't need all those things that he provides? And Pastor Paul was talking about it. We need all that he offers. So glad tidings. So good tidings is, is, the no, is known as the good news. Oftentimes that's the, the exchange, okay? And hearing the gospel. So glad tidings. Glad is just to be willing and to cause joy, causing joy. Like if you've ever heard some, oh, I'd be glad to do that for you, right? So I'd be glad implies that I accept the request, and I am happy to do so. I am willing to do so. I'm going to do it. And if you say, I will be glad to do that, then you're also confessing that you're willing to do it with a joyous heart, right? You're not going to say, well, if I have to do it, that's a different kind of heart. That posture of that heart's not quite the same, right? That's not a very happy heart. So when we say we're glad to do something, and how many of you, I mean, I say, I've said that before, um, and I know that it means that I'm, I'm, will, I'm willing to serve. Let's do it. I'm all in. So glad tidings would be a sharing of an event not previously known by someone bringing great joy caused by a person being willing to preach the gospel. That's what a glad tiding would be, right? So there's the willingness. So as I searched scripture in and out of my rabbit holes, which were many, I settled um, on Romans 10, 15. 
And it reads, And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. So honestly, in all of my searches, that's one of the only references of glad tidings that, that I found in my search. I'm not saying it's not there. I'm just saying in my rabbit holes, that's the one place I found glad tidings. So I kind of rested there, and I'm like, that's kind of interesting. So I, you know, labored there for a minute, and I noticed it says, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. The Apostle Paul is referencing in Isaiah 52.7, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. And I, I, I kind of, I saw that connection there and I couldn't help but think of Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, the armor of God, right? Verse 15 says, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. So your readiness comes from knowing, right? And then from knowing, you go to willing and then from willing, you can be sent. Do you see the transition from good, glad, to be sent? And the comfort and joy is in there as well, sprinkled in there for sure. So once we come to know Jesus and we surrender our lives to him, we can put on the armor of God. That's the, that's the, there it is right there, right? And then we can be sent out to preach the gospel, to spread the good news, to set the captives free, to heal the sick, to bring sight to the blind, to allow the lame to walk, all of those things that God wants us to do so desperately and that what the world needs us to do so desperately in whatever that looks like for them. And it is here that I realize the difference between good tidings and glad tidings right there. Good tidings is the coming into knowing the good news, the news of God's reconciling us to him through Jesus. I'm so, I'm so grateful for that. Amen. And glad tidings is going and telling the good news. It's preaching the gospel. So first it's knowing what the gospel is and then it's preaching the gospel. It is announcing of the good news by those that have been sent with those beautiful feet, confessing the gospel of peace that's referenced. People say, I would be glad to do this or that, and the statement is, is, uh, simply implies that they accept a willingness. And Jesus went to the cross willing. And my challenge for myself in these last few weeks has been I need to be bold with the same willingness or as close as I can come, which I'm sure I'm far, far away from, right? But the same willingness to be bold in being an example of what he is, being an example of who he is to me, being an example of what it is to share the word in whatever facet that person needs me to express it. I mean, not everybody, people don't like to be preached at, I have, I, had a, I have two sisters. One told me, you know, I can, I can talk to you because you share the word with me. She just throws it at me. And so, you know, there's a difference, right? In sharing, right? Then, you know, kind of shoving it down someone's throat. No one wants that, right? So, but you have to know it, right? So first you got to know it. You got to get there. You got to have that encounter with Jesus. And you got to know what it is you are going to accept and be willing to share. And then you have to be willing to act upon it, Right? Like Pastor Paul's been talking about, what is it? Give it to me again. It is uh, equip. No, help me. It's teach. No, teach, equip, empower, release. Okay. So isn't that what we're talking about right here? I always forget the T. I don't know why I forget the T. I always, I always want to go. I was, I was, I know it's, I know. And I, we, well, I know. And I forgot it tonight. Look at me. 
I just, I just, I can't believe I forgot that. So glad tidings is going and telling the good news and preaching the gospel. And we, that's what we need to focus on. It is announcing the good news by those who have been sent with those beautiful feet. And I just think that that's awesome. And you know what? As believers, we need to willingly accept that challenge, right? Actually, it's like a charge, right? It needs to be our charge. It needs to be something we wake up every day and we say, you know what, Lord, put somebody in front of me that I can tell them that I, I have visited the good tidings. I'm walking in the glad tidings because I want to rejoice with them that they can go out and that they can preach the good word, the good word too, right? And that they know the word. So in Luke 2.10, it says, is where good and glad meet. Right there. It's where they meet. It's where they collide. There's an explosion. It's beautiful. It's like fireworks in the heavens. And it's when the angels came and met the shepherds. And the angels said to them, what did they say? Do not be afraid. Don't freak out. It's okay. It's all good, right? I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be for all people. So good tidings is something not known to someone right? But when it becomes a glad tidings, it's something that can be known by everyone. Isn't that awesome? I want to be there. I want to be with, I'm, I'm a community person. I know that there's people, you know, we're different strokes for different folks, as my mom used to say, but I'm a community person, so I need people. I don't know how people just can be like without people. I just don't get that. I really don't. I'm being honest. I'm being honest, you know, I just, I can't. I have to have my people. Got to have my tribe, right? So, and once the shepherds had seen Jesus, right? They went, they ran, they took off running. I can only imagine how fast. They probably were like made, you know, the Olympics look like they were turtles. They took off running. They got to Jesus and they saw what they were told they were going to see. And they were in amazement. I think it was a draw-dropping moment, right? Those jaws were on the ground. They were like, <gasps> they could, I mean, there was no more oxygen left in the room. It had to be just amazing. I can't even imagine, right? But what did they do? So then they, that's the knowing, right? So then they knew, oh my gosh, this is the Messiah that we've been told about. He's right here. He's little, can't talk yet, but it's going to come. We're going to believe because that's what the word says, right? And then what did they do? They left him. What did they do? They went and they spread the word, didn't they? And all those people they told were super excited. They dropped their jaw too. They sucked all the oxygen out of the room that they were in as well. And, and then they went and told someone, and then they went and told someone. It's like that shampoo commercial, right? And then whatever it was, you know, you see the, all the little windows. I'm dating myself, but you know what I'm talking about? That commercial. We'll just say that commercial. I don't want to date myself too much here. Everyone thinks I'm really young. I'm going to go with that. <laughs> so... Um, this is the season that we celebrate Jesus, right, though? December. It's, that's what our whole month is spent on, is celebrating him and rejoicing and coming together and spending time together and really focusing on Jesus and that he, was the, he, is, he reconciled us to God and all of those things. But the challenge is that we need to rejoice every day like we rejoice in December, Every month should be December for a believer, right? We need to be faithful like those people that had that dreary music in church that they had to go out and bring some uplifting stuff in the streets. We, need to, we can't get to that point in September, in October, or in March or April. We need to live as excited as we are right now about this month, that the Messiah, that we're celebrating the Messiah. We need to have that sense of joy, right? We need to be glad about that, right? And we need to accept that charge to go and tell everyone about it. 
right? Because we want to go, we want, we want them to know the good stuff. We want them to really get to be glad and happy about it, right? So that, why? So that other people can come and know Jesus. Because in this time, there is so many people that are hopeless. And there's such despair. There's such despair. I mean, we, I, we see it all the time at the pantry. All the time. And it breaks our heart that there's just so many people that are in need. And sometimes they don't even know where to look or what to do. It's very, it's sad. But it's true. And they need Jesus. And I'm not, I don't mean that they need me to go up and say, oh, well, you know, Jesus loves you. And, you know, he's for you. He's not against you. Guess what? In those moments when they're at the pantry, all they can feel is that the world is against them. They don't mean me telling them something that they can't see for, as their truth. What they need is they need us to just sit and they need us to just stand. They need us to just talk with them and not ask them, how are you doing? Because you know what? The answer to that is probably pretty C-R-A-P, right? I'm not going to say it. I'm going to spell it. Um, that's probably what their answer is going to be. So I don't say, I don't, I don't oftentimes ask them, you know, oh, how's your day going? I usually say, is there something I can do for you? Because guess what? They'll have people that are not hopeful or sad. They probably have an answer to that question. But they don't really want to answer, how are you, honestly. So they're going to tell you, oh, I'm fine. Really? Well, what does fine really mean? Fine means that you could be worse, but you could be better. That's what fine means to me. That means I really don't want to be honest with you about how I am. But I'm going to just throw it right down the middle. And you choose. You choose what side I'm on. And what side I'm on is going to be based on how you respond to me after I say fine. Really? Right? Isn't that true? And I want them to know, I want them to know that I'm glad. That I have gladness in my heart. And that I have something to offer them. That, you know, he goes before us. So, Lord, go before me. Let my words be yours, right? And let me speak hope to this person in a way that they can hear me. That they can hear, actually, you through me, right? Because it's not about me. It's about him. But it needs to be about him every day like it is in December for us. You know, there's lots of people that want to come and volunteer at Thanksgiving and Christmas, right? At places. So, we sort of had a hard, fast rule is that if you're not going to be with us on all the other days, you don't get to step into that limelight on those special days. If you don't want to sew in with the grit and the grime of what it is, right, Miss Denise? There's some grit and grime, right? Miss Denise even puts her life into her own hands doing traffic at the pantry, right? But if you're not willing, I know she's so cute, they love her, um, but, if, but if you're not willing to be part of what it is to be that example of Jesus every day, don't call me on December 16th when you know we're having uh, a homeless dinner and say, oh, I really want to come and I really want to help. What can I do? Don't, don't call me on the 16th. You need to be thinking about it in February. You need to be thinking about it in March. You need to be thinking about it in April, right? You need to be thinking about the goodness that you've received so that you can take that gladness into someone else's world because that's our responsibility. That's the charge that we have when we accept who he is for ourselves. Well, and in kids' church, it's A, B, C. Is you accept, you believe, you confess. It's just that, right? So you accept what, you, what you've been told that you didn't know before, right? You believe it for yourself and accept it as your truth as well. And then you go and you tell somebody about it. So that that wonderful truth that you have found such joy and happiness in can become someone else's. And they can have it for themselves. Because I'll tell you this. When I had my true encounter with the Lord, my, when I truly met Jesus with my whole heart, that's a truth no one can steal from me. Right? And that's the truth I can lean back on in those moments when I feel really hopeless. 
or when I don't know what I'm supposed to do, like when Pastor Paul was talking. You know, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, but you know what? I don't have to. That's, it, that's glorious. I don't have to know. All I have to do is I have to ask the one that does already know. And I have to listen. I have to give him an ear to listen, right? And that's super important. So I want to make sure that everybody here knows about good tidings, knows that Jesus died on the cross for us and to save us, to reconcile us to his father. So I'm looking through the room and I pretty much know everybody. I'm scanning. There's a few people I don't know. But we're going to bow our heads, and I'm just going to give everybody the opportunity. You can recommit. You can come in, step into the good tidings, and know that he is who he says he is. And he's amazing, and he loves you, and he just has so much for you. He wants to give so much to you, more than he, than he is even already given. So, Father God, I thank you for tonight. I thank you, Father God, for the people that are here that received the good and the glad tidings that you shared with me through my rabbit hole journey, Father God. And we just ask right now that every heart is opened and every heart received, Father God, that your son came to die on the cross for us, to reconcile us to you, Father God, forgiving us of our sins and giving us the opportunity to have eternal life, Father God, with you. And we just give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.